You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. The scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For when two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In just a few weeks, I'll be officiating the wedding of a good friend of mine, someone I've known most my life. We first met when we were in the four and five-year-old Sunday school class at Newburgh United Methodist Church, and from there we were in cherub choir together and children's choir together and the youth choir together. We were in youth group together, both in junior high and high school, and we even went to choir camp together a few summers. When I met with Michelle and her fiancé a few weeks ago, she explained to him that when she was a kid, she fully expected that one day I would marry her, I would perform her wedding. I think she always knew that I would become a pastor one day. I first felt my call to ministry when I was in high school, and I told you last week that I am formed most by two things, family and church. And the reality is that in my life, you can't really separate the two. My mother began working at our church when I was in third grade, And prior to that, she'd served on the missions committee while my dad began a 20-year stint serving as the church treasurer. We were at church a lot. In fact, I can remember even convincing some other kids that I actually lived at the church. My parents' best friends, they met at the church. My best friends, I met at the church. I suppose Michelle was right. Maybe it was inevitable that I would become a pastor. I don't know. I do know that without the church, I'm not sure how my dad would have gotten through the death of his mother when he was so young. I'm not sure how I would have weathered the depression I experienced in high school or where my parents would have found the support for that time. I don't know how my mother would have found her purpose and lived out her calling, and I'm not sure how I would have done the same. The church is the manifestation of the body of Christ in the world. And we know what Christ did. He welcomed people. He welcomed all people. He made room for all people. He loved all. And he called and invited people into community so that we might experience the love and grace of Christ in each other. And it might make us stronger. A pastor friend of mine tells the story of one stick, two stick. He says, this is the way of African kings. There was an old man who was dying, and so he gathered all of his people to his bedside. And when they were there, he gave each one of them a sturdy stick. So each of his 
um, offspring and his wives and his relatives got this sturdy stick. And then he said, break the stick. And so each of them snapped that stick in half and he said, this is how it is when a soul is alone without anyone. They can easily be broken. Then the old man passed out a stick to each person again, another sturdy stick, and he said, this is how I would like you to live after I pass. Put your sticks together in bundles of three. And so they did that. And then he said, now break these bundles in half. No one could break the sticks when they were three in a bundle. The old man smiled. And he said, we are strong when we stand with another soul. When we are with another, we cannot be broken because God is there with us, binding us together. We who were two become three, and we cannot be broken. One plus one equals three. Our scripture today comes from a section in the Bible that gives some rules for congregational living. It comes, of course, from the Gospel of Matthew. And you'll remember that each of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell the story of Christ's life from their perspective. Each Gospel has a unique voice um, and, and a unique audience. Matthew's voice is very much from a Jewish perspective. He spends um, much of his writing explaining how Jesus is the, is the Messiah that had been prophesied about through Scripture. And so he finds ways and teachings to connect Jesus so that the Jews will understand who he is. He tells stories in a way that all of the Jews could relate to and so, by drawing upon the Hebrew Scriptures and traditions. Matthew's uh, audience would have known that in Judaism, they handed out on sayings to the effect that wherever two or three discuss words of the Torah, they are attended by the divine presence. Now Matthew's church proclaims that whenever it gathers in Jesus' name, Christ is there with them. This is a change for people who looked at the scriptures to experience the divine. Jesus was adding to their understanding of how to encounter God. Jesus was saying, through Matthew's words, you can access the divine. You experience God when you are in community. When you are in community, I am there with you. We need each other. Jesus knew that. Heck, Jesus needed uh, people too. That's why he called the 12 disciples. And he knew that they would need each other. And so he sent them out two by two. And he offered them words of wisdom. And he told them to lay down their lives for each other. And he knew they would need each other to get through his crucifixion and all that it was to come. We're not any different. After all, we were created for relationship. God wants us to be in relationship, to be connected so that we don't go through life alone. One of the most important things that we do as a church is to build relationships. Isn't that part of why we're here? One of the things that we have missed most these past several months, the relationships that we form through church enable us to experience God's love and grace and remind us that we are not alone. They help us to recognize that we are God's beloved. 
Now, as I have done grief work with people, at times they've said to me, where was God? Why didn't God save the person I loved? Where was God while all of this was going on, while they were dying? We talk about the ways of, that God brings healing through other people, and we talk about ultimate healing, and then we look for God. And I say to them, how did you get through all of this? I remember one woman saying, well, the members of my Bible study came at various times. They took turns and they sat with me. And lots of the church members brought me food, brought us meals. And my friends from my small group were there when I had to bring in hospice. And then they say, I couldn't have, and then she said, I couldn't have gotten through this without my church. I don't know how people do it without a church. And then I said, that's where God was. That's how God became present to you, gave you strength, got you through, reminded you that you are not alone. One plus one equals three. It's all good to participate in worship, um, to, to watch, to, to come in person, and to not connect in any other way virtually or in person. But when that's all we do, we miss out. We miss out on the ways that God comes to us through each other. We miss out on the support of the community and the relationships that we develop when we're being generous with our time and our talent. Bishop Michael Curry, do you remember him? He was the bishop who presided over Prince Harry's wedding. Well, shortly after that, he wrote a book called Love is the Way, and in that he tells about Ruth Miller. When the bishop was a child, Miss Miller was the parishioner in his father's church who hemmed and washed the vestments for the acolytes. The bishop was an acolyte, and so he got to know Miss Miller as he spent a lot of time standing on her dining room table as she took his measurements and made pleasant conversation. At the age of five, the bishop enjoyed Miss Miller, but re what really fascinated him were the two prosthetic legs which attached below her knees. It wasn't until the bishop was in seminary that Ms. Miller told him that she lost her legs in a house fire. She shared that while she was in the hospital recuperating, she fell into a deep, dark depression, and she was struggling to understand what the future could have for her without legs. She didn't know if she would ever use her legs again. And so while she was in the hospital, the bishop's father's predecessor, Father Brown, visited her, and she pleaded, if only the Lord will heal me, I will find a way to serve him. When she got her prosthetic legs, she was delighted just to be able to stand and walk across the room, figuring that God had made good on God's promise to her. She thought that she really needed to make good on her promise, and so she gave careful consideration to how she might do that. Now, Ms. Miller made her life, um, her, made her living as a seamstress, and so she volunteered to take charge of the church's vestments, not just for the acolytes, but for the choir 
kids too. And so over the years, the bishop writes, we all became her children. When I came home from seminary one Sunday, she pulled me close into a hug and shared with me a side of herself that I couldn't have understood as a child. She said, I got prosthetic legs, but you were all my boys. You'll go places I'll never go, but your legs are my legs. Wherever you go, I go. God has given me legs I never knew I had. One plus one equals three. Wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. Miss Miller was grateful, so she offered what she could, and she had no idea how God would bless her, how God would give her purpose, how God would give her hope through those relationships that she developed with the kids just by making good on her promise. Churches are uniquely positioned to help people to form intergenerational relationships. Generations come together and build relationships and experience Christ in each other. Some of the things I love most about Clarkston United Methodist Church are programs like Bible Buddies and Journey Companions and the service projects that we have where generations come together and work alongside each other. The relationships I see that are formed between Sunday school teacher and child and when, when we all come together to make VBS happen and the relationships that are formed there, beautiful relationships. Christ is there. We never know how God will work, how God will use someone in our lives, the strength that we'll get, the hope that we'll feel, the new vision that we'll develop, all because we are open when we offer ourselves to each other when we are open to give and to receive. In his book, The Eight Habits of Love, Ed Bacon writes, the habit of generosity is the practice of opening our hearts so that they may give and receive. This habit allows every gift that flows into each of us to flow through us to others. I love that. When we approach others with generosity, when we allow God's love in us to be experienced by another person, by the friend we're with or um, the other church member we're with, we experience God's grace. We are being generous. And generous people give of themselves differently. They see each other as belonging to God. They want desperately to live in true Christian community that has authentic relationships community where holy relationships are formed, where we take the time to know each other, to know our concerns and our fears and our joys and our dreams. When we are generous with each other, we lay aside our own stuff for holy relationship. God is present. God is there. We are no longer two, but three. As a church, we need to know one another. We need to know our stories so we can lift each other in prayer so that we can be with each other fully. We need to meet each other where we're at and be authentic. And when we all have that, we are stronger. We are braver. God has called each one of us to be a part of the community of Clarkston United Methodist Church. Clarkston United Methodist Church is a gift from God to us. It's a vehicle through which we feel God's love and live out God's love in the world. We are created to be a part of Christ's body, to use our gifts 
to share our love. And you are a part of this Christian community, and we need your gifts, we need your love, in order to fulfill our purpose in the world. Christ has commanded us to love each other, so let's do that. Let's support each other and celebrate each other. Let's give each other hope and encouragement. And together we will be strong, we will be unbreakable, because Christ will be with us always. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.